Hello. Are you going to welcome us? <laughs> nah, fam. The podcast. There you go. You're slow to catch on, but we're going to get there. Okay. Okay. It was a long pause, though. We can, we'll, we'll delete that. No one will ever know. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so how are you today? I'm okay. Okay. I'm okay. I had a couple of corrections I wanted to, or clarifications I wanted to um, follow up on from our last episode about where we talked about some our childhoods, some of the things from the 80s. Okay. I, can I just say, dive in? Can I just say that? Dive in. Um, no, you can't. You can't. You're not allowed to say that. I okay. don't think. Okay. Well, that I had mentioned, we were talked about Cabbage Patch Kids and I had mentioned that my preemie Cabbage Patch Kid had red hair and she didn't. She had blonde hair. So that was a huge. That's a, that's like <clears throat> unforgivable. Do you even, even know your own Cabbage I, Patch I child? I kind of like, I mean, it, it was really like, I was like, oh shoot, I can't believe I because I do have one with red hair, but that's the one I had from my grandma. And so the reason why I figured that out is because the next day I had a Facebook memory come up and there was a photo of my brothers and I and me all holding our respective Cabbage Patch kids. And there my preemie was right there with blonde hair. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know where I, where, why yeah. did I ever think red? Anyways. Don't even know your own child. Way to go. I know. So there's that. And then I thought, how I said one of now and now I'm second guessing my memory about um, you saying you had a Cabbage Patch kid named Carl. And now I'm like, I don't actually maybe we maybe maybe there was no Carl in my family. I'm like, shoot. So I'm second guessing wow. that I need to verify that. But I wanted to put that out there that I stated wow. that affirmatively. And I don't even know that it's accurate. Um, there was I have there's a listener that likes is does a very good job at holding me accountable for uh-huh. my statements and chimed in um, about another episode where I had mentioned that you had a that when we both had young children and we were both going to graduate school that you had were doing that and then I said well you had a parent at home taking on right. the responsibilities right. of the kids and I guess m- this person was like uh, you had a parent another parent yes I did I was married and I am very active yeah. I knew what, I knew what you meant he, I know but I just wanted to clarify for everybody else that I had yes. my children's father at home who was equally participating just as much as yeah. I but he was also working full-time so yeah. we had that additional challenge you were a two-parent we household had, yeah. but both working we had to split that up and deal with all that goes along with that and thank God, my dad was able to be flexible and rescue us many a times. Um, although he had, he also worked full time, and sometimes he actually had to call in <laughs> sick because the, between three of us, he was the only one that could, um, and my mom too. Um, and then we like going back to again the episode about our some of our childhood memories growing up in the eighties. We talked about um, a neighbor of mine that would give us soft batch cookies, mm-hmm. and I guess. I wanted to clarify. I was curious about when those came out because then I started to question my own memory. I'm like, they were soft batch, right? I yes, I began my. They came out in 1984, so I would have been five years old, and so that makes that adds up. Um, I thought you wanted to correct the uh, type of work they were uh, employed in because that no, seemed to be relevant to your first story. They, you were so, I said, yeah, I just <laughs> mentioned that they were our neighbors that owned a heating and cooling business. And then you were like, why did you say that? I don't know. I just did. Um, and then uh, micro machines. I was giving you a yes. hard time about getting into micro machines. I'm like, how old were you? Because the only people I knew that were playing with them were my friend's little brothers. And I feel like I would have been too old for them at that point. You and I are the same age. But we looked that up and Micro Machines were released in the mid-1980s. So that would put you at a developmentally appropriate age to be playing with Micro Machines. Of course, which I knew. Not that it matters. I guess, you know, you can play. I'm going to be honest. I played with Barbies until I was 15. And I'll tell you why. Because I had, I was an I was, I this, this was like a thing that I used to tell my neighbor girlfriends, don't tell anybody at school that I'm still playing with Barbies because I was in eighth grade, but the youngest was in fifth grade. So sometimes with guilty pleasure, let's all still play Barbies together. <laughs> so that yeah, happened. If you're hanging out, what are you going to do? Yeah, that happened. Yeah. So I was, I was sharing with you that, um, and I'm trying to remember at that point in time, like, what did I do? Cause when I got a little bit older, I cut lawns and stuff in the neighborhood. But yeah. at that point when micro machines were out, I was trying to remember, had I started, I know I cut our grass um, at home and I would get 
I don't remember how much it was, maybe like $10 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think the Micro Machine sets were like $5 for like a normal set. And they were these little squares and you'd open them up and cars would go inside. But then it was like a whole city and you'd clip them all together. And then they had bigger stuff. But we used to go, I mean, not all the time, but we go to Novi and there was a children children's palace, which you didn't have. They right. were a handful of them all over Michigan. And they basically were a competitor of Toys R Us. They kind of looked a little bit like <clears> castles, <throat> but I mean, kind of lame castles, but they were just a little bit cheaper, it seemed, mm. than Toys R Us was, okay. or KB Toys, obviously, in the mall. Okay. But that was like, always wanted to go there, and uh, they had an awesome selection of micro machines. So that was, oh. I'd save up my money, and then we go to, you know, You're so lucky. Children's Palace. We, you and I had this conversation after that, actually. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, you were asking me if I knew about that, and then you showed me. And there was not, there wasn't, you didn't believe me that there was none in the Lansing area. I don't, I still don't think there was, that we didn't find any evidence. I'm sure there wasn't. Yeah. Based on, I think I got all the locations in Michigan, but there was not one in your area. We, Lansing's usually the last one to get any of the big box chain stores. So, um, yeah, but we had Toys R Us and I was telling you about how I don't ever recall my parents taking me to Toys R Us. But my neighbor got to go a lot. And every once in a while, I thought we'd be out with her for the day and we'd go into Toys R Us. And I, I was just like, oh, my God, this is, place is amazing. It was like what I had, had imagined Disney World to be or something. But I got, we got all our toys at, at Meyer. I'm pretty sure. Maybe KB yeah. Toys in the mall. I don't know. Yeah, we never... Um... <laughs> I mean, Toys R Us was very close to Children's Palace, but we did not go there very often. My grandma would take us on our birthday. We'd mm. all stay the night at her house, and then she'd take us shopping and go buy not whatever we wanted, but, you know. So we went to Toys R Us with her. And yeah. used to, Toys R Us was a different experience. There, You walked into Toys R Us, amazing. and it was, yes, it was, it was amazing. So I do remember going there with her, and now I am completely drawing a blank, and I'm really, now I remember what it was now. We would go there and get our present, and we would go to Showbiz Pizza. Do you remember Showbiz? It was like Chuck E. Cheese. We did not have Showbiz Pizza in our area, but we did have a Chuck E. Cheese, which I also only ever got to go to with that same friend. Yeah. <laughs> so we, me and my sisters, she'd take us all three of us out, and we would go to Showbiz, and we would play skee-ball, and we would earn tickets, and we would save our tickets, and save our mm-hmm. tickets, and save our tickets. Of course Guess did. what? We saved them until Showbiz Pizza was no longer exactly. around, and we were to- too old to even like care about it, yeah. but we used to go over to her house. They were in a drawer and a dresser in her downstairs in her basement, oh, okay. and we'd every time we'd go over and we'd open the envelope up with our tickets, and we'd count have. all of our tickets, like over instead of just writing it out, we'd count them every time. And you never got to read the And we benefits. never used them. That's Because I think we were trying to save for like me. one of like the bigger stuffed animals or something. It, yeah. And, and when you only go once a year, yeah. and we might have spent like, I don't know, maybe $5 each right. or something, it wasn't like we had enough yeah. to do much with, but... yeah. Yeah, that that was also fun. I, m- I remember that same neighbor. <laughs> she, she got she was she got to do all the fun things, and so um, she had a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese one time. And I just remember I had to have been very little, maybe first grade, maybe second grade. So I guess that's not very little, but I remember the ball pit was like everything to me. I just oh, thought yeah. it was the most ama- the, the it was just such a thrill. <laughs> Think about how gross that is now. <clears throat> oh yeah, totally. And then um, I got a frog in my throat tonight. And then um, we had a little, but Chuck E. Cheese went on a business like pretty early on in in our area. And Little Caesars Playland, did they call it? Little Caesars Playland replaced it. So it was a Little Caesars pizza with a Playland, but it wasn't, it was not at the level of Chuck E. Cheese. It's like they removed a much of the, many of the things and it was okay. just like a watered down version. So we had that never, for a while. I've never heard of that. So. Yeah. No, I've never it was over there. You'd be familiar. I believe the Best Buy in Okemos is where our Chuck E. Cheese was. So, oh, okay. Just so you know, you spent a lot of time there in I college. Did. I did. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if it wasn't that exact one, it was in that same plaza. And I'm almost positive it was in, it was over there, though. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And then... Um, there was something else I was going to say about that. But well, you looked yeah. that up. So you reminded me about Best Buy. And I told you that when, and I might have the timing of this wrong, but when I was in high school, maybe a freshman or something, one of the guys I went to school with, I think his dad was like a, a manager or something at Fretter, which was another like appliance store, electronic store. Okay. Never heard of it. Yeah. There was like ABC Warehouse and then mm. Fretter. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Hey guys, there's going to be this new store that's coming Mm -hmm. in and it's going to have like, you can like listen to whatever CDs like you want and there's going to be like headphones and all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. Yeah. And, uh, 
And he, and it was Best Buy and he was like, it's called Best Buy. It's going to be amazing and oh, all this really? stuff. And uh, yeah, it was like all hype for it. And then I remember when, and it was kind of like, I mean, it was a little bit of a letdown, <clears throat> but it had so much stuff, you know, compared to, so. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal when they opened when up. They opened like, when they opened up. Yeah, yeah. because before that, there, like I said, there was ABC and Fretter, which were not as big. And then when we were growing up, it was called Best and service merchandise and service Never heard merchandise, of best, but I have heard of service again, merchandise. service merchandise, I think was like the children's palace version of toys R us, which was best, like the equivalent, like mm. same kind of things, but maybe a little bit cheaper. And that was after I, you know, got past like the toy stage and we got into like electronics, like Discman mm-hmm. and Walkmans and stuff like that. I always wanted to go to like service merchandise. What's the latest thing? Oh, really? Have? See, I'm, I'm trying to Again, remember. I might be totally messing this to, up. I need that's... to ask somebody else this, but I feel like we had, I can't remember if it was Montgomery Ward or Service Merchandise in our mall. Maybe it was both. I get those two mixed up, I feel like. And maybe I shouldn't. Because <laughs> Montgomery Ward, it's like a department store, right? Yeah. Was Service Merchandise yeah. a department store? Service Merchandise had a lot of jewelry and electronics. Okay. I think it kind of was. It, it wasn't like was it a Sears. Was it kind of messy? Was there just like tall, like... Aisleways of just, just really tall shelves, or no? Am I? I'm, I have memories of some place like that. I'm... I don't recall. I don't okay. think so. I don't think it was quite like that. But I feel like I said. I feel like if you compared it, it, it like to like best was like I think was a little bit more, just a nicer version of it. So I think it, when you say messy, I'm like I picture it being like jewelry's over here <clears> and <throat> electronics are over here and like there's their own yeah. little carve outs for them. But at the same time, it's. Hmm. What well, okay? So. so you know, in the Meridian Mall, it's not there anymore either. But Yonkers, you remember that where yeah. that was at? That is where it was smaller because Yonkers actually, I believe, built on when they took over. But that was either our Montgomery Ward or Service Merchandise. I don't remember which. Okay. But okay. <clears throat> okay. So yeah, I mean, I love the mall was so great in the eighties, was it not? See, going none to the of mall? these stores were in the mall. We didn't go to the well. We you didn't have a mall here, but in, in Novi. Yeah. Those those stores weren't in the were in the Twelve Oaks Mall. No, they were on the East whatever oh. mall and okay, they were like one of the one of them was an anchor store in the mall. Okay. You know, we had Macy's, what well, was Hudson's, and then it was Marshall Fields, and then it was Macy's, and Hudson's is where we always got like our school clothes. Yeah, they had Hudson's, Lord and Taylor, J C Penney, and Sears. Yeah, I think were the four. Yeah, we didn't have like a. Lord. We would go to Twelve Oaks Mall. Once a year for school shopping, it was like a big deal because it was huge. Well, that same with us. Yeah, that was like the time. <laughs> oh, we would go to Twelve Oaks, not every time, but like school shopping for mm-hmm. school clothes. But mm-hmm. otherwise, we typically didn't go to. We went to Mervin's. Yeah, forgot about Mervin's. I don't think I've really ever shopped there. Um, yeah, it was. We got a certain dollar amount, so like whatever we wanted to buy with that amount, we could. So we always got all the name brands with yeah. with our money. Skids, Jerbo. Yep, yep, and there was Z that Caparici. was well, yeah, that was like middle school, junior high type yeah. stuff. Guest yeah, jeans, guess. I always had Jabot guest jeans. There was a while there was a used jeans. I don't remember if you don't remember those, but like, you know, the IOU sweatshirts, the mm-hmm. legendary. What did they say? One of them said legendary. Yeah. I feel like had lots of skids. I loved skids. I only had one pair. I had quite a few. <laughs> when you're skinny, <clears throat> skids don't <laughs> look the same on you as they do. When like I, Christopher, if he was wearing skids, okay. like he'd be able to pull off that look like, okay. I'm cool, I got skids. <laughs> like his, like he's like a little bit stockier I mean, I feel like and if everybody was, didn't matter what you looked like as long as you had the name brand back then. That's what it was about. But um, Zo- what was yeah. the other one? Like the, They were like weightlifting, like Zubaz. I don't think they were I don't remember popular, those. but those are like, like workout pants. Yeah, I don't remember those. When I got older... Like high school, maybe more like eighth grade and on up. I feel like that's when I was. I was just all Gap. Like I got everything at the Gap or American yeah. Eagle. Sometimes Eddie Bauer. So well, the good old days. Yeah. So and we <laughs> talking and then going back to when we were littler kids. We were uh-huh. talking about when I mentioned chil- Children's Palace. I don't know why I can't say that right. Uh huh. But Children's Place was the clothing store in the yes. mall that always had the little cutout like yes. hole when you could like yes. climb through there to get in and yes. you try to like climb it, you know, like they a, had a slide in ours too. Yeah, a little slide. That was fun. I know. Like seriously, where I mean, come on. I know. So okay, well, all right, I have a couple of corrections and then I actually okay. that idea is kind of leading me in into another conversation that I've just been thinking about. I was I've been I learned about a new thing today. Well, it's sort of a new thing, but anyways, the other corrections I have is that um, 
I talked about one of like a house fire that happened in my neighborhood when I was little and how for a good while I was sleep took all my possessions to bed with me and I was like oh cabbage patch kid backpack and I couldn't remember I then I said cabbage patch kid slippers and then I knew there was a pair of shoes but you know what I mixed that up it was a pair of cabbage patch kid shoes which I have been trying to google since we recorded and I have not been able yeah, to find the ones find that I had so that's sad but I based believe, on how you describe them I couldn't yeah, find them I believe that that is those were really that's what they were um okay so then there was that and then oh i think that was it oh well there was one we talked about barbies and then that also did like provoke other memories about the different barbie sets that i had and um i had like this barbie ice cream shop and this barbie surf shop and i googled them and i found them and mm -hmm. i showed them to you and it's always just so cool you haven't when you haven't seen something and like 30 years or more 35 years and then you see it again you're like oh my gosh it just brings back all these memories right so that was cool but it reminded me that uh, the barbie and the rockers was this barbie that i had and my friend had the whole band now you could go to walmart and order a throwback for 200 bucks i mean it's not the original obviously oh it's so <laughs> it's so funny in my correction you just reminded me when i was talking about the, the he-man he-man the mm -hmm. he-man contest that i entered um, I think I like won a couple little magnets, but I think it was called Snake Mountain. I think that's the set that I won. Okay. Not 100% sure because I was looking. I'm like, God, these. But I'm pretty sure it was Snake Mountain. I thought okay. it was something else. There's Slime Pit was one, but that wasn't it. I know that. And then I think it was Snake Mountain. So there you go. Oh, good. I'm glad. Thank you. I'm glad we know that now. Appreciate that correction. Put that to rest. I know. Well, I can't be wrong. <laughs> I also am dying to know now. I keep making fun of you for saying He-Man. I'm like, well, maybe that was a thing, but I thought it was just like He Man. So no, I think you're right. It was. It it's was, like it's uh, like if you have Superman stuff, you're not going to say he Superman. Man, he Man and the Masters <laughs> of the Universe. So they were the Masters of the Universe. So yeah, I just same with Batman. I, you're not going to say Batman. I was like making it like all of the good characters that were on He Man side were He Man, and okay. I'm just I don't all know right. where I got. Well, that maybe from, you are so. right. We should actually Google that. I one. I think I kind of did. I don't okay. Call it that, so. <laughs> okay. Oh, you did Google it. <laughs> I, I I don't I didn't look that hard, but I I'm not sure that it was a thing. Let's okay. just put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I can imagine that's like something like a old person would slip on, like your grandma being like, "Put your He-Man toys away," uh -huh. and then it just <laughs> it just that yeah somehow He-Man grandma. Yeah. Um. Okay. So you just said something about um, you just made sort of a comment like we talked about the store having a slide in it and stuff. And you're like, I know why don't you? St I don't know what you were gonna say there. Like, oh, I was well, just gonna say like, it's why don't so, we do that? You go anymore? to the mall now; it's just boring. I mean, come on, bring back that stuff. That was yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, it was. Although I don't, I don't know. In general, I think that we needed. My personal opinion is we should be bringing stores back down to downtowns, and we should have elementary schools in neighborhoods again instead of these big ass buildings miles out and all this. Anyways, but mm -hmm. it's it's nostalgic from our childhood and so it's fun. But I was thinking about this because, I mean, obviously every generation seems to have be have their they're sort of defined by their own era, yeah. right? And their own things. I think I know where you're going with this. And I, yes. I was actually, when you just said that, I'm like, all right, I, I'm pretty sure I see where you're going with this. So. Okay. Well, I thought it was a good, an interesting segue because I've just been thinking about this today because I mean, you know, I, in general, in life, people will talk, you'll hear a lot about so much negativity of like, what's wrong with this next generation yeah. or things are going to hell in a handbasket or it's never been this bad before. And I'm always like, I don't agree with that. I think things are cyclical. I highly doubt it. Things are relative, you know, people, I don't, and I don't want to dismiss anything, but you know, people will say things like, you know, when I was a kid, um, my parents didn't have to have, you know, two jobs and all these things. And I'll be like, okay, but when, you know, this, this would have been a long time ago. Like if it was a grandparent, I'm like, yeah. And when you were a kid, you had one pair of shoes a year. Like our, we, our standards of living have changed too. You know, my yeah. kid, Katie's got like 30 pairs of shoes. Like, so just putting sometimes, again, I don't want to dismiss like real struggle. But sometimes like, I think it's important to like try to keep things in perspective and then also maybe consider that things are cyclical. Um, and I know that there's been lots of lots of literature and research and dialogue about generations and, you know, each generation and what their struggles were and what they identify as and what they mean and on and on. But today I came across a podcast and they were talking about um, generational theory, like is an actual thing. This is on 
personality hackers podcast, right? Yes, but it's not their thing. Right, I, would, I right. just I like yeah. that podcast, and yeah. they talk. They actually, it's a podcast about mostly about the Myers Briggs personality types, and then also they talk about Enneagram a lot. And they, there are some of their most recent episodes were about this generational theory thing. So I just started listening to it, and I was like, oh, I didn't realize that this, you know, that these these two people, these two, I'll get to pull up the info. There was a book written in 1991 called Generations, which I, of course, downloaded on Audible today and started listening to because now it's piqued my interest. Um, and maybe like a lot of people know about this and I've just been living under a rock, but um, Williams, it's written by these guys, William Strauss and Neil Howe. And they've sit, since written like a ton of more on this, but 1991 appears to be their first major one called Generations. And actually, I was looking at the other books they have written, and they wrote one called 13th Gen. And I saw the a picture of it online. I'm like, oh my God, my mom had that book. She read because she was always kind of, you know, she's a baby boomer and she was mm-hmm. always gloating about the, bo- the baby boomers and, you know, analyzing the generations. And you wonder where I get it from. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but, anyways, it's interesting because, and I might screw this up, but I just, just forgive me that I'm not going to speak authoritatively on this. I'm just like talking to you about this, but it was this idea that like they, they've sort of defined generations in an archetype or what are you doing? No, I'm listening. Do you need to do something though? You're looking at your phone. No, I'm pulling something up while you're talking because it, it, I want to add something, but I want to make sure it's on point. Okay. So, okay. I got what I needed. Well, I'm going to oversimplify this, but it's this idea that, they can break down generations into four different archetypes and that they, the cycles go, I think, I think it's anywhere between 80 to 90 years. And so, and that there's, they, they all have their four seasons for archetypes. Yeah, do you remember the term for that? I, I'm, what do you mean? The, the term for the, the whole period of those 80 to 90 years, they had a term for yes, that. Yes, they I, did. I, they did. Now well, I, I heard it over and over and I, now I can't remember is what it, it is. But. It's, is it seculum? Seculum. Yes. Yes. So they go back, they've, and, and they focus on the United States, but they go back dating from like 16 something to, well, actually here on this, I'm on Wikipedia right now. They go back from 1443 and they go all the way up to 2069, I believe. But anyways, just to keep this simple, they talk about how there's four types. And so, and they correlate to the seasons. So spring, summer, fall, and winter. So they talk about how um, the first one, I'll just keep it relevant to us. The, so that the first spring, the most recent before right now, I'm going to try to not make this sound confusing, but people that we know that you and I may have known while we've been alive on planet earth or have been alive at the same time we were that spring um, generation, the first spring generation is what they call prophet, the prophet generation. And they was for us are the baby boomers. So that was the beginning right. of a new cycle. It, it started basically, they're saying like 1945, like after the end yeah. of world war two. Yes. Like that's that, that beginning yeah. of that yes. next cycle. The so spring. the generation before that was in winter. They were the silent generation, yep. which is the generation my dad was born in technically that ended in 42, which is the year my dad was born. And then, Baby boomers started in 43 and it was, it was, you know, you could have to read the book to get the details on it. But anyways, it was a new spring and obviously the economy was booming. Things were booming. The world was coming back together after a time of crisis. Um, And that lasted until 1960. And then the next one would be, they they title it the 13th generation, also known as Gen X, which is us. And that's known as the nomad generation. And I'll just go back really quick. The baby boomers, the prophet, they're titled the idealists. And then they talk about how the nomads, us, Gen X, are a reactive generation is how they describe that. And then the next one, the millennium. And that goes until 1982. 1981 is the last year. Millennial oh, begins, okay. the, according to this, and obviously it's just, it's not it's close, exact, yeah. you right. know, these things are, but, um, and then the millennials they have as beginning in 1982 to 2004 and that they, so that would be a autumn generation for the next season for the cycle of the saculum. Is that how you pronounce it? Saculum, saculum. Um, and they're civic oriented. Again, I'm not going to go try to speak about how you summarize all of these. Mm-hmm. And then finally, the generation that three, 
fourths of our children were born into goes from 2005 to present. And they're, they're calling them the homeland generation. And, um, they, um, are the winter they're born in the winter right so mm-hmm. and that there this is a period of you know according to this theory and this framework <clears throat> that we are in a period of crisis right now that's probably according to their work they in 1991 when they wrote the book they predict they said 2020 there will be the next crisis will occur in 2020 it will culminate in 2020 when you know you come out of that whatever but so this is not necessarily defined, but this idea that they are this is the wintering and the next is going to be another spring. Yeah. <clears throat> so the interesting thing about the way that they break that down is there's this eighty to ninety year span mm-hmm. that you know starts at certain points in time. Like I said, end mm-hmm. of World War Two, mm-hmm. you know, starts the spring, but then also essentially roughly the first twenty of year twenty years of your life is your spring. And then the next 20 year summer, and then the next 20 year fall, and then the next 20 year winter, roughly. So depending on where you are in that whole cycle, the boomers, a lot of them are following the cycle from born in the spring, their summer, it it lines up So the idea is that they were born into prosperity and they had a good life for their first They were paid attention to as children. They were very much coddled, not coddled, but they were like- Yes, according to their theories, according to what they are saying- Again, in general terms too. In general terms, because I haven't even read the whole book or anything, but what I'm hearing is that, yes, they were a generation, they were made the center and focus of their own worlds and they are said to be- like again, not everybody is going to be this way. It's a, it's supposed to be like, like they define it as just sort of these generalizations right. about the theme of this generation, is that they tend to be really idealistic and prophetic and like we know what we know how to do everything. This is how you're supposed to do things. A bit of the irony there is that they also were born into prosperity. So like, what do you really know? You know what I mean? That that's that. But yeah. but also they've they're they're going to go through all of the seasons too. So they're you know that's what they were saying. They were born in the spring, but their go- their life will be ending in the winter. Right. right? Their winter is the <clears throat> winter as well. So it's yes. like this double yeah. Yeah. whammy for them. And they're at a point where you know they were used to growing up all along being listened to. Yeah. And now they're you know yes the millennials. Yeah, aren't really interested to in listening the, to according to this theory <laughs> according to this theory to the millennials and the boomers are a lot alike and that's why they are yes. such tension between the two of them yeah. because it's a love-hate the millennials are also feel like they have the civic duty of like they're also they're called the hero in the civic that <clears throat> it says that <clears throat> excuse me they have these like turning they have these things called you know when the theme of that spring is that so for the boomers they label it, it was the American high, like things were really good. And then for the for us um, in the 60s, 70s and 80s, there was like a spiritual awakening, like there was a lot of reform going on. We were born into that. And um, they title that the awakening, the um, consciousness revolution. Um, and then the next one. And we'll, we'll go back to the gen. They did. Oh, I'll, I guess I'll pause there. They've talked about some of the Gen X things like. um what do you need? Go ahead. What are you looking at? I just, a little OCD. Okay. Needed to check the levels, make sure it was actually recording okay. after our debacle last week. Okay. So the way they describe the nomads, the Gen X, and again, there's previous nomad generations too, is that we were left to sort of fend for ourselves, that we tend to be pretty quiet. We don't, we're not necessarily a vocal generation. And people, you see memes about that too, that we're like the middle child and, um, the, and I was just thinking about that too, like this latchkey generation that like, um, according, again, according to this framework that like, we are, we get annoyed with the the boomers need to just blurt and like mm-hmm. preach and, and then also the millennials who have a lot of sensitivities around things or like bringing up these things that were like, well, we had to deal with that. I mean, I get, but then, then the other thing too, is this is, again, this is what I'm reading. I'm not saying I share this, these opinions. I also think you can say that about every generation. We usually say, what, stop whining. I had to deal with worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. But in general, it's, that's kind of like the theme around that. And uh, we I, were, we were, I mean, they, there was this whole thing like, oh, the Gen X generation is the neglected gener- middle child generation. Like, and I do feel like, I mean, I was a product of that. Like, parents were working. I was a, la- you know, I did go home and heat up, you know, shitty food and preservatives. And like, you know, like, I just, there wasn't a lot of supervision. And not that it was a bad, it just, 
it is what it is. Like, yeah. Does that make sense? No, it makes sense. And I do, uh, from my perspective, I, you know, and again, huge generalization. Mm -hmm. And I, I only listen to part of the podcast, but you can pick up on how it works and what's happening in this Mm -hmm. thing. And you can then place yourself in there and go, oh yeah, this makes sense to me. So, you know, this is obviously there's much more to this, but I think that we do, you and I talk about this, we get tired of, you know, the, sometimes the younger generation, the millennials, Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you're not going to get your way with everything. Mm -hmm. And same thing with the boomers. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, like, there's compromise. Mm -hmm. And it, it's like, you guys have to work together to, like, and we're just kind of in this middle, like, you know. Yes. And okay, so not to interrupt you, but that's kind of what they were saying too is that like you know life is about balancing polarities and understanding dichotomies and that gen x is one of those in the middle where we're like it's both it's not either or it's both kind of stuff and that the generation before us like the one before boomers which is what my dad would have been a part of they're also sort of seen as like this like neutral like we see both we can see it's both and kind of mentality, mm-hmm. not really going to say much, um, not, you know, not really going to be really active necessarily politically. They did say that, you know, that Gen X tends to be a much more conservative um, cohort <laughs> um, politically, at least. And But th- that was written earlier. So I'd just be curious how if I re- keep reading because I'm again, I'm re- it's just started the one from 1991. So I think relatively speaking, compared to the millennials, I, I, I we've seen the results of the last election mm-hmm. that there appears to be truth in that, mm-hmm. I think. Which is kind of also an age thing. Yeah. And I think, yeah. And that's the that's the difficulty is kind of parsing that out. What's mm-hmm. an age thing versus what's a generational thing? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I look at the things that we've gone through over the last 20 years, you know, as we entered into adulthood and, you know, even obviously before that, there were things that happened, major world events or major, you know, events in the United States. Mm -hmm. But we kind of like, it's like you sit back until all of a sudden things kind of erupt and then that's when, you know, people take the streets. Like, like what I'm saying is like the, um, you know, the women's um, move, what, what, me too me too movement Mm -hmm. like that was our generation taking the streets along with every generation but it really was like i I think think that was the millennials really we're at the tail end of gen x so i mean if you're gonna break it down i don't know i'm literally have nothing to back this up but i think you could say that that was the millennials maybe i think that that's the whole argument is it's the millennials okay so i don't i think though that there was a lot of participation from our generation it, absolutely so maybe they didn't spearhead it and i th- what that's I, what i'm saying so, i think these things are spearheaded by this generation yeah, my, my point is a lot of times we sit we sit those things out and i feel like the yeah. the millennials are like no we need to yeah. effectuate this change so we're going to go out there and we're going to do this and for a lot of in a lot of situations i do think that our generation has kind of sat a lot of that out you know yeah i think that's what the what i believe again this is what i'm reading so far in the infancy of this is that that's what the authors would argue too is that gen x is sort of like you guys are actually complaining about all this stuff we actually just go and make it happen and we Mm -hmm. don't like we don't really just we don't really talk about it we 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 do we've done the things you know what i mean i don't know um, it's more fun to have this conversation without <laughs> having all of the knowledge that somebody else has already researched and put in exactly. to figure this out because we're just kind of like you know well i think it's interesting to talk our... about it though i just think it's interesting no, to explore too. it and talk about it and more and obviously we'll learn more as we as i get further into this book and maybe consider reading the subsequent books too i think it's incredibly um, interesting i just think it's also kind of funny because it's like yeah it's all probably we're, nothing we're saying is new but it is it, when you start talking about yeah. it, really putting it yes. into perspective and thinking about it. I will go with my woo-woo right now, though, and it does seem, again, based on my novice knowledge around astrology, this correlates with what a lot of the astrologers that speak more to the collective astrology, this kind of, this is lining up with that, too. So I find it interesting. You know what I'd like to see before you continue on? Uh-huh. Because we were talking about this at work with uh, personality tests today and uh-huh. for managers and stuff like that. Uh-huh. I would like to see a chart of all of these different types of, whether it's astrological or personality or Mm -hmm. all of this stuff, line it up Mm -hmm. with all of these consistencies Mm -hmm. that 
I just would I, I I think that no matter where you go to look for this information, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, most of it ends up being in alignment. Yeah, and, and I and, think that you know a lot of people can say that, and I think I previously kind of felt this way too. Is like, well, you can you can interpret and tw- you know you know, there's this idea of confirmation bias. Like you're going to mm-hmm. read something and you're going to take from it what you want to and you might, which I, I could, which I totally is valid. I think for me where it gets really trippy is that I have in this, I'm, I'm in this situation where I live with people that I'm, that are very different than me and that we're not genetically related to. So there's, there's a biological variance and then we just observe just this like behavioral variance between us. Yeah, And so... When I read the respective charts of you and all of our kids and me, and I'm like, this is just this is just lining up too much. Like the the themes that come up for you are consistent for you and your kids, and then me and my, like it's just to me it's more than a coincidence. And that's where I'm like, this is okay. This is that's interesting, <laughs> you know. But that stems from you know w- one area, the astrological chart where mm-hmm, it's based mm-hmm. on strictly your your birthday, yeah. time and place, uh-huh. and than going into all of the other, you know, personality things and, you know, other relationship things that we've done and everything. Yeah. They are all completely in alignment, even yeah. just from that one yeah. simple yeah. astrological piece. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I'm saying, like reading this stuff and then also thinking like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, this is like, I don't, you know, I didn't even get a chance to look into the credentials of the people that I don't know what sort of social scientists they may or may not be, but it was just like, oh, Okay. They're not astrologists writing this stuff, you know what I mean? So right. anyways, um, that I know of. Um, so the other thing, so got off track there. I'm going to try to get back to what I was saying. Okay. Um, do you remember where I left off after before you interrupted me? <laughs> uh, no, I just thought we were having... We were, uh, okay, so we were, I know, but I also want to, I'm trying to get to, I want to finish my one thought here. Like I'm trying to explain a concept explain the timeline here so okay so we were talking about how gen x is sort of this middle child and they've been quiet okay Okay, so now millennials um come into play and so they're turning unraveling i talked again the first the boomers was the american high ours is this idea of this consciousness revolution i don't whatever and so they have their turning point labeled as um like the tech bubble post um 9-11 attacks war on terror type stuff um, the, they have neoliberalism written here, um, culture wars. And so it's sort of like they're coming up in a way, it's almost like, even though there's four, it's almost feels like the way I'm reading this and I could be wrong, but at every other within the four, every other is similar to one another. Like they're maybe similar archetypal personalities, like loud, something to say, like, let's take action. So like, it feels like, I could be wrong about this, like the boomers, the millennials have much of that same kind of energy. It might not be the same about, you know, the same opinions, but maybe the same energy, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, they're called the heroes in the civic, whereas we, okay, so we're nomad and we're reactive. Boomers are prophet and they're idealists. They have the millennial generation listed as heroes, the hero archetype, and that they're very civic. Um, and then finally our kids generation the homeland generation which they say they named because they were born after homeland security kind of gave a big thing and war on terror type stuff kind of that was a big turning point um they are labeled the artist and they are known as adaptive so they also are supposedly have more of this quiet again they, so they're going to be their re, their winter so they're going back to like my dad's generation, who is also an artist. He was born in the winter. And so our kids are sort of, supposedly their generation is going to be more of that quietness, but they're labeled the artist. And I thought this was interesting because they were saying in the book that like, this is where the great, the great artists come out of these generations, the great writers, the great music writers, music performers, that you're going to see a lot of that coming out of it. And it's not because they were born into the winter. And even though they were children and they didn't necessarily take in all of it, they did, but they also didn't in an adult way, but they observed all the adults Mm -hmm. around them and what it was like 
to be in an era of crisis in that way. And so supposedly that breeds this artist archetype. I just thought that was interesting. It is interesting. I know. And it's so hard to look at this stuff and be like, yeah, okay. How do we, I mean, is it going to happen? Do we know, you know, cause it was of like, course, well, 2025, yeah. 2030 is like when the shift's going to well, happen to the next season. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, <clears throat> like I said, when you go back far enough and you look at this and you look at the way these things play out and you do make these generalizations, like mm-hmm. it, I mean, I, it, nothing's it, like, I don't think anybody thinks anything's exact or right. precise. It's just sort of, again, this, like maybe this overall theme. But I think it, I think you are, I think there is something to that and that, you know, there's a lot of turmoil and, you know, just the landscape right now is... Which is funny because well, and you I, and I talk about that sometimes too. And it's like, okay, why is everybody being so dramatic about a lot of this stuff? You know, so, so well, yeah. So that's what again. This coincides with other silly woohoo things. But <laughs> there's this other thing out there that's astrologically based. It combines a lot of different ones, but it's called human design. I think that you, I've talked about it before. Um, I can't again. I can't speak intelligently about what exactly how human design differs from you know, like astrology, but it's, it, it's a natal chart. And, um, they have this whole thing where they say there's going to be this big collective shift. I think they say this in 2027, where there's going to, you know, shift to individualism that it's not necessarily, I, I thought I had seen this, that it, people are just going to be more about watching out for themselves and the collective. And, and, and so then this, how this relates to this framework is that they sort of say the same thing, like, you know, in crisis points in history, you know, there is sort of that mentality, of course. And then eventually there's the spring again and there's this like, um, rebirth, rebirth or like, yeah, like, you know, abundance and, you know, growth and community and coming together again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel it. I've been feeling it for a while and I, yeah, people are just just different. <laughs> people don't want to. People are afraid to talk about things now. I mean, more than ever, it seems, because there's just yeah. so much concern about what that's gonna, how that, what's gonna happen with that, and you know, just this whole idea of cancel culture. Like this, this isn't new. Like cancel culture, again, according to this framework, occurs every every generation. There's another right. form of it, and these things just again, it's cyclical. Yeah, and I think obviously there's just this energy that is out there that you we collectively feel mm-hmm. that things are not in alignment and that there is this tension. And I mean, I I do I get annoyed sometimes because I've had this conversation with certain people that I know, you know, regarding let's say politics, for example, you know, and when it switches hands from one part to the other, and there's all this you know certain things going on, and it's like, I'm like, how is your life different today? T- tell me what is different for you today than it was a year ago or mm-hmm. two years ago. And the reality is it's like, it, it feels like there, I think that's part of the problem with this. There's this energy that feels off, but it feels like there should be this uncertainty, but there's not this uncertainty. And so it, it ends up like almost self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, yeah, but that's you know, the idea behind this is that it's inevitable, but too. But it's going to happen. That these things right. are cyclical. So even if there isn't, and there are some things that people have a legit reason to be polarized about and yes. scared about and all these things. And Typically the, not and the I, things that I hear. Right, know? but and maybe, but that's my, I think that's my thought on that is that because the energy is naturally cyclical and this is the state, the season that we're in, people will make benign things malignant things you know what i mean like you just said like this really isn't something to get worked up about but they're going to get worked up about it because that is just the season that we're in right if that makes sense yeah and we just sort of have to like wait for this to pass and it will and i think a lot of it you know the easy scapegoats like what's the media it's this it's that in it in it and Truly, it is. It's all of it. It is, but it's all of it, but it all feeds itself. And yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like, it's ju- it is. It's just inevitable. It's like this, yeah. we're in the cycle. And as part of that cycle, okay, you also want to hear the drama. You want like, not that you like it, but it's what fuels us in a way mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this state. Mm-hmm. So it it's almost like as much as you feel, you know, insecure, it's security as well to be... To, to not saying this right, but 
It's like if we all said, we don't want to hear any of that stuff. Like, it doesn't change necessarily anything. But the fact of the matter is, it's... I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of an analogy that that makes sense here but um there's a need for there's a need for it it's I was listening to a different podcast and they were uh talking about like you know checking your phones like every 47 seconds you know people mm-hmm. typically check their phones and stuff like that and it's like there's no need to check your social media every however often that okay. people typically do but it's this feeling that you need to do it so even mm-hmm. if you know instinctively I don't yeah. Want to okay. do this? Yes. Yes. So what I'm okay, saying is, with with saying. the whole, if you add yeah. that all together mm-hmm. and you have this environment, it's like, well, of course, the media is doing this because people are tuning into it because the people like need. Well, to yeah, I think like maybe like what this... you're saying a little bit too is that there doesn't need to be division, yet there is. Right. <laughs> I but, mean, but I think there, that, and there just is division because the it ener- just is the energy is divided. The energy and polarized. needs to go somewhere, and right now that's the state that the energy is currently in. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I just. I personally believe that you can't have, you can't, how do I want to say this? You can't have one extreme without having another extreme. You know, like people would complain, for example, people would complain like when Donald Trump was elected and I was like, but he was elected for a reason. Like people were driven to elect him. Like if that's your complaint, right? Mm -hmm. And then for somebody else that's complaining about Joe Biden in office, it's like, Okay, but he was elected. People were driven in that direction, right? Like there's there's just this extreme yes. thing right now that I mean, I think just sort of has to naturally kind of resolve itself and it will. I, I think there's a lot of people driving themselves crazy trying to think that they can fix this. And it's like, it also... I mean, it's both. It's both. I don't want to like, again, I don't want to minimize that No, it either, is, but that was but... a much better way to kind of explain <laughs> that because in my head, that's what I was trying. It's like, it is both. And, and if you have two extremes you can't it it just they exist yeah so yes there's going to be then you're going to have things that feed those two extremes but those things wouldn't exist if the two extremes didn't exist and and during times of crisis you know a voice and yes and during times of crisis unfortunately i believe that extremes result right like people have extreme reactions in crisis and therefore now we are find ourselves increasingly polarized and in times of peace of course, naturally, there's going to be a more coming together. I was going to say, we even experience that within our own relationship with just the two of us. Yeah. If I do something that upsets you and then you get upset, my response to that is to typically feel that and get more worked up about it. And, and, and mm-hmm. it, instead of tempering it and being like, all right, like it takes a minute, it takes a minute for that to settle in. So mm-hmm. you're right. It's like you do have to get to this point where you get pulled back to this middle ground at some point. Yes. And, and we're not there and yet. And some <laughs> of those forces are a little bit just naturally occurring. Uh-huh. The, so it's also a little bit of like ride the way. I mean, I don't know. No, I don't want to like, again, I don't want to dismiss real serious issues here, but like it's also a little bit of that. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, no, I, th- I think <laughs> what you're saying is it's, what would be nice is if we're not all going to be in the middle, that part doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But maybe if we ignore the extremes instead of feeling that we have to choose one or the other, yeah, then we don't have to we don't have to choose and we don't have to participate. Right. And we but we also like we just ignore that. Right. You know, and right. don't feel like, oh, oh shit, there's one. Yeah. I have, I'm either Which, here or I'm there. But see, this is That's the thing. True. This is where it gets really tricky. It's like easy to say that in theory, but then when you are an individual that feels like your freedom or life is at risk. Like that's where, it, that's where this becomes inevitable sometimes because when it comes to human the, rights and things like that, yes, yeah, and I like, totally agree with that. Yes. And like, yes. And everybody has kind of like their own tipping point. I yeah. feel like, you know, like some people it's like about freedom and feeling controlled and some people it's, it's about feeling heard and seen. And I mean, I don't know, there's just so many different things, but again, that's where, you know, like I, I, I myself will get polarized again, like with you. And we talked about this in our relationship podcast about how we fight, why we fight. Like we will polarize each other Mm -hmm. because we're so different. And so it it just happens. That's what I mean. Like even, even with us that we love (laughs) each other, 
deeply in love yeah and we're in this relationship and spend all of our time out you know outside of work together yeah and yet we can yeah. still just drive each other crazy right so of course when you have people that don't see you know yeah yeah and so can I, you imagine i mean i think it's so we just gotta i mean we gotta i don't know what we gotta do but <laughs> yeah we're not here to solve trying this. to just, maybe even just be like for me be mindful of like if a person is like what is driving them to be so um, passionate or insistent about a stance on something? To me, that means they they have felt really, really maybe I don't know what's what would a good word be? They 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 have felt really marginalized or victimized or Rejected, violated i mean abandoned. there's i mean I these mean, are like it's... yeah these are like real things that like and unfortunately all too often when somebody f- there is a there's a certain side of that that may react in a way that is in the opposite direction you know so again we've seen this play out for the past three yeah, years well, at least you've said this for a long time i mean this is you know it's like, okay, that voice exists for a reason, whether you think it's valid, whether it is right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It exists. So, and this is not anything new either, but like, so you need to listen. trying to rally listen. against it and just push back. Yeah, you're probably going to actually polarize the person even further. Right. And so now you're going to keep arguing back yeah, and forth they and start, then you're they, shaming each other. They start and getting it's like, more unreasonable. what the hell is going on here? Right. They start getting more unreasonable with <laughs> yeah. what they think is justified yes. in that. And it's like, no. And then they both just look crazy. And it's like, but you probably aren't that far off in a lot of ways. Well, I don't know if I would use the word look crazy, but it it's the nobody's hearing each other and yeah. and again yeah i don't want to get political here i just yeah, want to like know. sort of like observe this if as like and try to like neutralize some things here you know and i know these are really sensitive topics so i do want to be careful about that but just to like even think about it in a relationship issue like you it's so easy to see how you can polarize and get polarized you know yeah because you're not listening you're not hearing each other right yeah. So I was thinking too, I was like, okay, we're just like, you know, breaking this down in the seasons thing where, you know, you and I, we were born, the Gen X was born in a summer. So we were born during a summer season, generation, generationally speaking. Um, <clears throat> we're currently existing in a winter. <laughs> I personally, you and I are personally in the autumn of our lives at the age of 44, you know, so just like thinking about how those different things kind of line up, you know, mm-hmm. to be in the fall of your life, who was born in the summer, who's currently collectively in a winter. <laughs> so it's just interesting. It also feels very real and very true. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, that's a thing. Oops, sorry. It's, <laughs> I always wonder, Okay, does this just feel like this because you hear it and it's like what makes sense and it explains thing it it explains something in a way that does make sense and you can point to all these things that line up that way mm-hmm. or is there something bigger to it? And and that's where I go back to well, if you look at over time where all of these things were devised or um studied, researched, they were all in different spans of time. All, you know what I mean, going mm-hmm. back some of them hundreds of years and they all typically seem to kind of mm-hmm. point to the same things over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's easy. It would be easy to dismiss otherwise. We say, you know, Christopher will have said this, maybe not even, maybe a lot of the kids have said this a lot. Like I don't, they must hear it a lot. Why do we have to take history so that we learn from our mistakes? And I just feel like the irony there is that history just repeats itself no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, I do think there is some evolution, but I'd like to think that there's some evolution. <laughs> yeah, okay. So I, mean, let's, I, I do think there's evolution. No, let's talk about that. I mean, because like, as, as hard as things are in <laughs> in certain ways and what we see going on in the world, mm-hmm. and you look at that and it seems like, oh my God, this is like, this is awful. If you go back over time, what is awful to us in a lot of ways doesn't compare to 
Right. You that's know, true, it, but then it's also like, how do we? I just I feel like maybe that's apples and oranges. Doesn't mean it's, it's just right. like it's, when it's people, relative. It doesn't know, mean it's right. It's just like Dax says all the time. Like I thought that that life would be fine when I got money, and then he got money, and it actually got yes. harder. Like there's a whole other challenge to that too. So, you know, I think it's even. I've thought about that, but what you're saying, but I also am like, I I I honestly don't know that I would need to formulate any assessment of that either because yeah. I don't know. Well, I still don't, I don't think it makes it right or just mm-hmm. I don't and that goes back to your statement earlier, you know, that saying, well, we had it harder than you had it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you should have it the same, you know, it, it should be as hard for you as it was for us. It mm-hmm. shouldn't be. It should be progressively better and progressively easier and that's a, I mean, that's how this, you know, how we evolve. That that's what should happen. Yeah. We should learn from those things. And so even though things are hard, so, but again, it also depends on, you know, and this might be a little, this might be tricky territory here. I don't, I want to be careful how I say this, but to me, it's like, we see these billboards that say childhood hunger has never been worse in the United States, or we'll see these things, stats about how child abuse and neglect rates are higher than they've ever been. And I look at my first thought was when I see things like that, like, really? Like, I I don't know. That feels hard to believe. And so then I think, is it, have we changed our, like, I guess for the childhood hunger, I'm not sure. Like, have we changed our definition of childhood hunger yeah, with right. the child abuse and neglect report rates? Like, it's like, I, a part of me is like, because we, we report it now. We didn't report it yeah. before. You know, it's just like this whole idea too of like mental health and, you know, the stats on that rising. It's like, well, we didn't talk about it before. So how would we even have any data on that? Or if we did, we talked about it differently. Data analysis you know, and what collection. Is, what meets and... diagnosis today did not meet diagnosis 50 years ago. Right. So, that you know, we I, again, keeping these things in perspective, it's like. Which doesn't mean they're wrong. Or they're bad. Yes, but, how, but we can't. I don't know that we can compare when we keep changing the goalposts on how we yeah. collect and measure the data. Yeah, and I think one of the things that I go back to when I think about it from that perspective, because I totally agree with you, and yet, you know, we still have so many major issues in this country. I think when you look at a lot of that stuff, to me, it's these are a lot of these things are things that are solvable. We have the means to solve them, and we choose not to. Well, and that's, absolutely. That, that's where so it's like. It's fun, interesting because, and again, I am open to. I'm saying these things and I'm also open to learning more so that maybe I, oh, yeah. you know, me too. but I agree. also like maybe those stats are legit and there's a legit thing and I just haven't been educated enough about yeah. that. I guess I just want to put that out there as a little disclaimer, but, um, thinking about that whole, that, what you just said, um, in this framework, there's this idea that they are saying that like Gen X was is kind of like a cold, uncaring, selfish generation, and that kind of spearhead like the, some of the, and this is just what this one person said. So I don't know, but like maybe that many, the bulk of the bazillionaires in the world have been Gen Xers. That that they sort of like that was our generation that did that, mm-hmm. that created that great income divide. That's interesting. I don't know the created it, but like, well, does that make sense? I don't know. Y- yeah, no, it does make <laughs> it does make sense, and I think that there's, I, I that's a legitimate I that totally wrong. Yeah, I don't I know if they, interpreted that wrong. I don't but. know if they created it, but I think if you look at the the vast majority of you know people our age in the workforce that are at you know we're at the toward the end of Gen X, so if you look back at maybe our seniors that mm-hmm. are you know, in those positions, there is, the divide has grown exponentially mm-hmm. over the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. So it makes a sense that mm-hmm. that is our generation mm-hmm. and it is a giant divide. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that's one thing I go back and you look at that and it's like, you know, hey, we all want to succeed and we all want, you know, this opportunity to be able to do that. But at the same time, when... I don't know how you, I really don't know how you, and I, again, I don't have all the data to support this at all, or, mm-hmm. but I don't know how you justify that in any 
real way. Yeah, I don't really either. It doesn't make any sense. It, it's it's <laughs> like when you look at that and you go, how how can I act like that's normal and that's mm-hmm. okay that mm-hmm. there's such a discrepancy and mm-hmm. well, they worked harder and they did this and they did that mm-hmm. and it's like, mm-hmm. mm, I you yeah. know yeah because I I mean I definitely think that's a value that I don't have you know again that might be the that might be the theme of Gen X as a whole but for me. I've always fought against this idea of like, it doesn't, you know, you, you like that. I don't know how to want to word this, but like, just sort of maybe there's, uh, is it, well, are they saying this? I don't really know. Never mind. Frig- scratch that. I'm not even going to say anything more about that because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I know. And I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't like uh, having a conversation like this without having the data behind it, but in the past, things that I've read, things that I've seen, and, and looking at the income divide and everything else, I mean, it's, yes, the bottoms come up in, in a lot of ways, but it's all relative. And the way that, that the, the top earners, the, the discrepancy between that and yeah. your, I mean, it, it is, it does seem to have, it's, again, I don't have the data in front of me, but yeah. it seems to be something that looking at it, I don't know how you justify that difference yeah well and i again i don't the, my point of having this conversation was not to dissect things and like yeah. speak authoritatively on this stuff it was just sort of this idea of like presenting this in a, as a cyclical season you know changing of the seasons and how i thought that was huh like i'm really like kind of sitting with, with that and again i've kind of already f- always felt that things were cyclical too i guess i didn't realize that somebody like put it together and made a framework and like, you know. Does that give you, does that make you feel more hopeful? Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it just validates that I, you know, was something that my dad has always said to me, and I say this at the risk of sounding super dismissive, so I have to be careful, but it's, it's what's guided me along in my life is this too shall pass. He has, I mean, he, my dad doesn't say much especially when I'm in distress, but he will always say, this too shall pass. Mm-hmm. And it's the most reassuring words that anybody could say to me yeah. when I'm in distress. Yeah. And it so it, it's, it's played out, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yes, this did pass. I, and I think we can both say that and recognize our privilege throughout all of this, like, I, because mm-hmm. saying this too shall pass, like you said, you don't want to be dismissive of yeah. somebody else's experience yeah. that... No, it's not. That's, you know, that's not okay. But yeah, you're right. From where we're sitting, that is, I think, very yeah relevant thing to just. It's like it's it's relative, and this will pass, and we'll, you know, move on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Def- I think it's super important to that. These are things that I am saying from my lens and my personal yeah. life experience. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's deep stuff, but I know I was going to say we could sit here and talk for, you know, <laughs> hours and hours about, about these different you know, things, yeah. but it's not But you think about like what is it going to be like for our kids, you know? Yeah. Um I know. And you know, like yeah, if we are supposedly on the cusp of spring in the next decade, I don't know. Like what is that gonna look like you know (laughs) like what does that mean um it's a very different world we're living in things have changed rather quickly in the last even five years so it's just like where are they gonna fall what's gonna what's gonna ultimately stick and be for spring you know what i mean right yeah and i think that I think every generation probably has gone through this in some way or another, but there's always that uncertainty mm-hmm. of, you know, and we always worry about, well, what are our kids going to face and what's that going to look like? And I hope that mm-hmm. they are, I hope that we are coming into a new era well, of a spring. According to this framework, and, if, you know, after the, you know, it's not pretty right now, but when this ugly part's over, they're going to, they're going to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it's all yeah, relative. We, we but, hope. We can yeah. hope. So. Yeah. But, um, and I, you know what, these seculum things, they do, I, I am looking here and like some of them, they do are variable because some of them they have lasting 90, some are 110, some are 80, some are 70. So, you know, there's variability 
within that too. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was going to say about that, but yeah, maybe some, maybe there's some really good music coming next year. I hope so. Good <laughs> music, good movies maybe. And, uh, cause that would be, well, yeah, no, yeah, I don't know. Cause they, I think what they were saying, like, because the last artist generation, which would have been my dad was coming to rise in the 60s and 70s and that's when they were producing all the good shit when it came to music right and art and so mm-hmm. am i think am i messing that up oh the 70s N- the time frame around the six no 60s um like there was like a yeah that would have yeah, been no, that would have been his generations coming to adulthood right. yeah because yeah. he graduated he, high school and college in the 60s or he graduated yeah, he was college born in 42 in the 60s. Yeah. so yeah yeah nope that makes sense yeah all Pretty right cool what else where, i don't know where, hold on oh my gosh did we talk for an hour we did okay you you talked <laughs> well, for an hour no good. i'm kidding was there anything else that you want to add to that no i think so i mean i you know i <laughs> it's a little frustrating it's like Again, going into this conversation, not preparing for it and talking through it, but it's something, it's such a, what we just talked about, like we, we could spend hours on it. So I feel like we just scratched the surface on this thing. It's like, all right, well, yeah, you know. Yeah, but. I guess, you know, there's, again, it's just sort of like, yeah, it's um, crazy times. Maybe when we <laughs> uh, get our Insta page up, we can uh, post some links to some of the other podcasts and things like that that we're referring to and books that will be you know yeah, if anybody's interested if we, in actually if we ever get the instagram yeah i might do it we'll see so all right <sighs> all right love you love you bye good night whatever good night bye <laughs>